It's gonna be scary. Not for us. All engine running. Lift off. on Thompson steps right, shoots for the win of three. He got it. Say my first rodeo. To the basket, turns Schroeder around. Russell Westbrook house the three and the lead. You betcha. Covington biggest shot of the game and he hits it. The corner, PJ Tucker. Time to you know, accomplish something together that we haven't accomplished before. We both understand that we have one common goal, and that's to win a championship. So <laughs> let's get it. What is up, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and the founder slash managing editor of ClutchCityControlRoom.com, your home for all things Houston hoops. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin, of course, the show at Locked on Rockets, and lastly, the blog at ClutchCityCR. Now, for today's show, basically, I've got three very different topics that I want to handle, and the first of which will be the continued beef of one Bill Simmons with James Harden. And this isn't even a beef. I'll get into it in a minute, but the Bill Simmons situation with Harden. I also want to talk about the playoff seeding scenarios as it concerns the Rockets and just all the jockeying and vying for playoff positioning in the Western Conference. And then lastly, I'll talk a little bit about the Spurs game and the the Spurs-Rockets game, just kind of not too many thoughts there, but we'll kind of dive into that in the final segment. So to start us off, this whole... Bill Simmons, James Harden situation. So for those who haven't seen it on social media or haven't heard about it yet, basically, first off, the entire NBA has become infatuated with Luka Doncic. And here's here's my thing, right? I like Luka. Now, this may be like heresy for me to say that about a Dallas Maverick, but I like Luka. I like the way that he plays the game. You know who else I like that plays the game even better than Luka does and has been doing it for longer? One, James Edward Harden. I love the way that Harden plays basketball. It is some of the most entertaining basketball I've ever seen. I do not understand the people that rag on him about it. And so it bothers me that suddenly Luka comes on the scene And everybody's just infatuated with the style of play. Even when he has said that he has modeled his game after James Harden's style of play, people come out and still try to, you know, make arguments. Oh, no, Luka plays like LeBron or Luka plays like Larry Bird. No, he said himself that he has modeled his game after James Harden. Everything down to down to the step back, to the court vision, to the passing ability, all of it, to the to the methodical style of play, just the way that he kind of controls the pace of the offense, does all that himself. He is very Harden esque, right? And so, what happened recently in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks is Luca had a pocket pass, a between the legs pocket pass, very James Harden esque, a la James Harden. And everybody lost their collective minds about this pass. Meanwhile, James Harden, to be fair, the pa- that pass, that little between-the-legs pocket pass doesn't exist or doesn't happen that much from James Harden anymore. But when he had Clint Capella, when he had a rim-rolling big to play with for 36-plus minutes a night, you bet that that was a large part of his repertoire. He used it on a nightly basis. And so to see everybody, like, going bonkers for Luka Doncic and this pass is bothersome because James Harden has been doing this for literal years. So that's frustrating in and of itself. Now, past that, Bill Simmons decided to then go on his podcast and continue his just 
unbridled hatred of James Harden and decided to call out the fact that one, he feels that Luca's passes are more like Larry Bird's and that they're not quote unquote cheap passes like James Harden's passes are. Now, I will say that Simmons did go on in his podcast to credit James Harden with being an elite passer, but that's kind of besides the point because let's focus on the topic at hand. Why negate what Harden does when it's equally, if not more impressive than what Luke has done, and he's been doing it for longer. Like, I don't, I cannot wrap my head around it, other than the fact that I think that Bill Simmons is starting to go senile. He is an angry old man, and he he literally is the meme of himself. You know, old man yells at cloud. That is Bill Simmons. That is what he is doing. And I don't know if he's just doing it for clicks, if he's doing it because he knows he's gonna, he knows he's gonna get people riled up like myself and other Rockets fans. Don't know what it is, but... And I'm not the only one that thinks this. There were some, uh, there were some slightly like racial undertones to what he was saying. You know, oh, Luca's game is like Larry Bird's. You know, and, and you know, but it can't, it can't be like Harden's. It can't, you know, those cheap James Harden assists. It can't be that. You know, Luca is the is the golden boy of the NBA. He can't be. You know, he doesn't play like James Harden. He plays like Luka Doncic, even though that's exactly James Harden's game. And the argument being that you know the cheap the quote-unquote cheap passes that James Harden makes are to, you know, stationary targets in the corner, whereas Lucas' passes are more towards, you know, moving targets or players who are more fluid within the offense. Um, hello? Like, what what do you call lob passes over the top towards a rolling Clint Capella? What do you call those beautiful pocket bounce passes and wraparound passes that Harden's had for years with a rolling big in the offense. Yes, I can maybe see the argument a little bit more since committing to small ball, but even then, as the Rockets have kind of added more and more wrinkles to their offensive scheme, they've added some backdoor cuts, they've added some new looks where Harden is able to get these really creative passes, either just lofting the ball over the top of defenders or bouncing it between two defenders when the double team comes charging at him at the center court line. Whatever it may be, Harden is one of the most creative passers in the game. I would say he's top three in the NBA. I'm putting him top three, and the only two people I'm putting in front of James Harden as far as passers in the NBA are Chris Paul and LeBron James. You can argue that in whatever order you want, but James Harden is number three. And I think that's a very fair take right there. So all that being said is I cannot fathom why Bill Simmons thought that this was a good idea, and he completely just released the rage that was Rockets Twitter today, and I I, I really don't know where he thought what he thought he was going to get out of this. You know, yeah, he's Bill Simmons. You know, nothing bad's going to happen to him. But the the man is just full of terrible takes these days. It's they're painfully bad takes. And I think the the biggest issue that I have is that there are there are tons of people out there that stand Luka Doncic, but will say that James Harden is ruining the game of basketball. Meanwhile, there's plenty of people that enjoy James Harden's brand of basketball and simultaneously also appreciate what Luka Doncic is able to do on the court because it's the exact same game of basketball that they're playing. I don't know why I felt the need to whisper that last part. Maybe for emphasis. Whatever. I think I've hammered home my point about about this. I think that Bill Simmons is a senile old man, and I think that his takes are garbage. And but when he has something that this is a flaming take of this nature, that it has to be addressed. So I've addressed it. 
Bill Simmons sucks. That's basically all I have to say. So coming up, I do want to talk about the playoff seeding scenario, the implications there, and everything going on in the Western Conference, and just ever all the you know craziness that could take place from seeding all the way from the second spot in the Western Conference all the way down to the seventh seed. And we'll get there in just a moment after a quick word from our friends over at CBDMD. Look, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone, and I mean everyone, needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo of topicals that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets a bit too chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or even a shareable squeeze tube, while CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off. That's 25% off your very next order when you use promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And we're back in here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so that you get it as soon as possible, even before I start shouting about it on Twitter. Now, as promised into that last segment, we are going to talk about this very convoluted seeding scenario in the Western Conference, the wild, wild west, as it were. And I think I've got this right. I started recording this segment once and I messed it up. So I scrapped it, started re-recording. Now, here is the scenario at hand. The Rockets have a potential. The the two seed is pretty much gone. The, the two seed is off the table logistically if the Denver Nuggets win out. And so, I mean, it's basically the only scenario that would be in favor of the Rockets as far as moving up into the standings. They cannot logistically get to the two seed because in order to do that, in order for the Clippers to be moved out of the two seed, the Denver Nuggets have to win out the the remainder of the season. And that includes a game against the Clippers as well as a game against, let's see, who's their last game against? Against the Toronto Raptors. So that's the two seed is unfortunately out of grasp for the Houston Rockets. That being said, the three seed is very much still in play because if Denver wins out against the, if they win out, they beat the Clippers, they beat the Raptors, that makes the Nuggets the two seed. And if the Rockets also proceed to win out, that bumps them into the three seed territory, which would be incredible because then that locks in the Clippers as the four seed and the Lakers as the one seed, which basically puts them on a crash course crash course to have to play each other in the second round, which is about as good as you can hope for as a Rockets fan, because that means that you only have to play one of the two Los Angeles teams, and that will only happen if you make it to the Western Conference Finals. That is absolutely huge, because let's face it, of all the other teams in the playoffs, those are the two that you really don't want to have to play, and chances are, the way seedings line up right now, you're probably going to have to go through both of them at some point. One in the second round, one in the conference finals. So if you can put them against each other before then, oh, that would be phenomenal. 
So in order for that to happen, again, the Clippers have to lose the rest of the, the remaining two games on their schedule, which the Clippers are against the Denver Nuggets and then their final game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, that's not too much of a stretch to think about especially depending on what the Nuggets are trying to do with their seeding situation. It basically depends on what opponent the Nuggets think that they want the most. Now, again, this is all very... It's all very tough to balance because if the Nuggets throw the game against the Clippers, then that pretty much locks the Clippers into that two seed. So if the Nuggets throw the game against the Clippers, the Clippers basically walk away with the two seed, no issues, and then the Nuggets still have a chance to potentially drop down to the four seed if the Rockets win out. So I don't think the Nuggets necessarily want that to happen. I, I Again, it, it's I, this is the scenario that has to happen, is the Nuggets need to win out, the Clippers need to lose out, and the Rockets need to win their remaining three games for, for the Clippers and the Lakers to be on a crash course in the second round. That is the scenario that I am rooting for. That is the scenario that everybody should be rooting for. So if you have a piece of Nuggets swag, which I don't know why you would, wear it for these next two games because we are all temporarily Denver Nuggets fans until the remaining seeding games are complete. That being said, as things currently stand, the Rockets are lined up with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon unless they win out and the Nuggets also win out, and there's the shakeup between the two, three, and four seeds as previously mentioned, but there's still so much movement that could be happening across these seeds. The Clippers are just a game and a half ahead of the Nuggets. The Nuggets are just a game ahead of the Rockets. The Thunder are just a game and a half behind the Rockets in the fifth spot. Then the Jazz are just a half game back of the Nuggets, and then the Mavericks just one game back of the Jazz. So there is a lot of movement that could still potentially take place over these last couple seeding games, and it really just depends on who who decides to throw what games. And that's the frustrating part because the Dallas Mavericks down the stretch against the, who did they play today? Uh, that's right, the Utah Jazz. The Dallas Mavericks down the stretch won the game against the Utah Jazz. Utah threw that game down the stretch. They, they very well could have won that game and they absolutely choked it away. And then the Denver Nuggets, who had a sizable lead, I believe, at one point against the Los Angeles Lakers, could have easily won that game and instead decided to play there into the bench down the line. So they wound up throwing that game away. You know, a, a beautiful tank job by those two teams. So much movement that could go on, but that to me is the optimal scenario because that is the one where you only then have to face one of the two LA teams in the playoffs. Now, however unlikely that scenario may be, depending on how the Denver Nuggets view things and how the Clippers view those games as far as, you know, not losing the second overall seed, It'll be really interesting. These these next coming days, we are going to find out so much about these seeding games and who's going to be playing who. The Rockets are not quite locked into that that Oklahoma City Chris Paul revenge tour bracket just yet. So don't, you know, don't count the chickens just yet. There's still a lot more movement to be had. And these next few days will be very, very telling as far as all that is concerned. Now, if I was gonna if I was gonna make a final prediction, I'm not going the smart money is not on these super complicated uh, you know, Clippers losing, Denver Nuggets winning, and the Rockets winning all three of their games. The, the smart money is not there. Chances are the Rockets probably do finish as the fourth overall seed and match up likely with the Thunder or potentially the Utah Jazz in the five spot. That is probably where the safe money or the smart money goes. 
But again, I want to see the other option because I think it's just better in the long term for the Rockets. So coming up, final segment, I do want to get some thoughts in here about the Rockets matchup with the San Antonio Spurs and kind of the implications of that game and what to expect out of that game. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at MyBookie. Sports are back, and with it comes my bookie. Look, I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've got one thing on my mind, and that I've already said it. It's my bookie. Look, my bookie is a home run, a slam dunk, a triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all that you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets. Nothing, and I mean nothing, shows that you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you gotta do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet you win, they pay. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for all things Houston Rockets basketball. To stay up to date with the show, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And of course, the show is available also on Twitter at Locked on Rockets. And you can also find the Clutch City Control Room blog on Twitter at Clutch City CR. So as as promised, this segment, I do want to talk about the Spurs game a little bit, so I, I probably should have led with a couple of these tidbits, but anyways, that it felt more important to tuck them into this segment. Um, Eric Gordon and James Harden will not be available for the San Antonio Spurs game. Russell Westbrook will be available. So there was the plan to rest some of the Rockets players. So Russ will be back against the Spurs with no James Harden and no Eric Gordon. Then Russ will sit out the second game of the back-to-back against the Indiana Pacers, whereas James Harden and Eric Gordon will return for that game. And then even though they haven't mentioned it yet, I can only imagine that all three guys will be formally back for the Philadelphia 76ers game on Friday, which the time has finally been announced for that game. So it is an 8 p.m. Central Time tip-off. So that game, 8 p.m. Friday night, the, the timing for that game was has been TBD for a while, and it finally was announced 8 p.m. tip-off. So no Harden, no Eric Gordon. It is going to be the Russell Westbrook show. Now, the last time, the only time that we've gotten the Russell Westbrook show was in a loss against the Denver Nuggets, where Russ wound up putting, it was like 32 points on 14 of 29 shooting. Really solid overall night from Russ, just not enough in the tank from the rest of the team to take down the Nuggets. Now, I kind of... I don't know where this one's going to go, you know, uh, against the Spurs. They're a quality organization. Um, Derek White might not be available, which would be a huge thing for the Rockets to, to not have him in the lineup. So I, I believe he's currently listed as questionable. So this is a game where, one, it's the 200th game between the Houston Rockets and San Antonio Spurs in the two organizations' histories. So that's kind of special there. It would be great because the Rockets, with 
if they won, if they beat the Spurs, they would officially knock the Spurs out of playoff contention and end their insane playoff streak of being in the playoffs 22 consecutive years with the record being 23 consecutive seasons. So if they make it in by some miracle, if they make it past the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies and the you know the surging Phoenix Suns who have yet to lose in the bubble, who have improved to 6-0 behind Devin Booker's insane play, if the Spurs somehow make it into the playoffs, they will officially hold the record for 23 consecutive seasons making it to the playoffs. And look, you can never, ever, 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 ever count out Greg Popovich. So I'm not writing this game off as an easy W by any stretch of the imagination. Russ is going to have to go out there and play a great basketball game for this team to win. Now, he does have his partner in crime, Austin Rivers. So... Something that did happen that very first time and the only time that we've seen Russ without James Harden in the lineup is Russ will be the one playing the James Harden minutes. So what that means, right, is Russ is going to play the elongated first quarter minutes where he gets his rest roughly at the tail end of the first quarter, probably about two minutes, three minutes left in the first frame. And that's when Austin Rivers will check back in and take over the lineup. So now things might be staggered a bit bit differently because Austin is also in the Eric Gordon role kind of right now. So Austin might not necessarily uh, check in as late as, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to stagger. Basically, it's going to be Russ running things when he's out there and then Austin Rivers is playing the Eric Gordon role. But Russ's usual substitution pattern of being subbed out with about, you know, six minutes left in the first and then coming back in to take over when James Harden takes his rest, that substitution pattern is now gone. So that being said, Austin Rivers is going to be running the second unit. It gives him an opportunity to build on his previous career high 41 points. Um, We're going to be looking at some really interesting lineups out there. But the big thing for me is I want to see Russell Westbrook be aggressive. I want to see him not settle for three-point shots. I want to see him getting to the cup. I want to see him, you know, look, he's going to take some mid-range jumpers. That's fine. Get him out of the system in this game. But I want to see his decision-making be in the right mindset. I don't want to see him rushing shots early in the shot clock. I want to see him looking for the right kinds of shots. Even if it's, look, even if he's going to settle for some mid-range shots occasionally, that's fine. I would like, though, because what bothers me is when he settles for a mid-range shot with, you know, 15 seconds left on the shot clock. I would like it if he would, you know, try to work the ball around, maybe try to get some dribble penetration going and try to look for getting somebody a three-point shot first. And then if that's not there, then settle for the kick back out to the top of the key. He looks to break down his defender and either make it to the rim or, you know, that's when he can kind of do his lullaby dribble and get to his, you know, quote unquote, his cotton shot where he does his little, you know, signature stutter step before getting the shot up roughly, you know, the 15 to 18 foot kind of range. So that's something that I'm looking for out of him. And I want to just I want to see that he is good to go for the playoffs. You know, he I want to see him really have a game where he is dominant on the offensive side because we haven't seen him have a dominant game yet inside the bubble. We were seeing a lot of those pre-hiatus. We were seeing a lot of games where Russell Westbrook was absolutely taking over, where there were games where Russ was the Rockets' best player. So far in across the five bubble games, James Harden has absolutely been the Rockets' best player. So I want to see a game from Russ, especially now that Harden's not in the game. I want to see a game from him where he is the Rockets' best player, and I want to continue to see some of the 
bench production minutes from Austin Rivers, from Jeff Green. Uh, ben McMore will more than likely be in the starting lineup alongside Russell Westbrook. Just, you know, his shooting is is invaluable. It's too, too big to leave on the bench at this point if you don't have one of your two uh, superstar guards out there. So things, you know, any anything else from this game that I'm looking for, really it's just going to be hopefully... I want to see P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington. You know, maybe their three-point shot decides to return in this one. That's going to be an area of emphasis for me. And then kind of just the last thing is just, and this is just a, a staple throughout the bubble, is I want the defense to continue to be consistent. Look, the Rockets are the sixth best defensive team in the bubble. That is incredible to come up from being a mid-tier, like, they they hovered around the 15 or the 14 to 17 mark for much of the NBA season. Then they improved from the date of the Robert Covington trade to the hiatus. They were the 10th best defensive team in the association, and now they are the 6th best team in the association. So, I would love to see them continue to build and improve upon those numbers and that all starts with just the hustle, the effort, the Robert Covington, the P.J. Tucker, even Russell Westbrook. When he brings his hustle and energy to the defensive side of the ball, he is impactful. He is never going to be a lockdown DPOY player, just like James Harden is never going to be a lockdown DPOY player, just because they both shoulder so much of the offensive load. But when they're locked in and motivated on that side of the ball and they aren't gambling possessions away by just you know probing for steals and then being out of position, you know, creating an advantageous five on four for the opposing team then or you know lollygagging not getting back in transition when they're not doing that when those two guys are there playing in the half court defensively they're very good defensive players and I think that's what we've seen out of this Rockets team is we've seen them be very successful in their half court defensive sets it's usually just the transition game where things tend to fall apart for them but even in the last couple games they, the transition game hasn't been that bad for them defensively they've really kind of keyed in and I think they know hey the playoffs, they're right here. They're right around the corner. We've got to be as honed in as possible, ready to go. Cannot be making these you know, minor mistakes. They're a group of veteran guys who know exactly what they need to do come playoff time. And now that that time is right around the corner, literally three games away, they've got three more regular season games before they find out their first round opponent and who they're playing. And then that's, that's it. It's playoffs. It's playoff time. We are right there. So this team knows what it needs to do to get get the job done. And if they, again, if they win out, if they beat the Spurs, beat the Pacers, beat the 76ers, then they're putting themselves in a really great spot to potentially line up the playoff seating in probably the most favorable way that you can imagine, even more so than the 17-18 year where, again, you just knew that you were probably going to have to go through the Warriors that season. At least this year, the two guys, the two teams that are kind of a toss-up between the Lakers and the Clippers, either one could be the team that knocks you out. So it's best to get rid of both of or get rid of one of them before you have to face both of them in the playoffs. So put your fate or put put destiny in your own hands, right? And win out these games. Take care of business, win all three of your games, and then just hope that the Denver Nuggets don't decide to tank another game, that they take these last two games seriously, because that puts you in primo playoff positioning. So I think that is where we're going to wrap things up for today. So as always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.